together. We're going to pray. And if you have a Bible nearby, you might like to turn to uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 1 in a moment or two. But should we just pray together? So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are indeed the everlasting God. You're the living God. Thank you that it's not just a story. It's not figment of imagination. It's not just a good idea, a great idea, but it's based on the living God and the living Jesus, alive today. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that as we read the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God, this Psalm, chapter 1, that you would speak by your Spirit into my heart and our hearts. Your Word is living and active. It's inspired by you, Father God, breathed by the Holy Spirit. So reveal something of yourself to us, in us, through us, amongst us, over us, in us, and through us, by the power of your Spirit, through your living Word today, we pray. So we give you our lives afresh, thanking you that you are alive, Jesus. We present living sacrifices. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, Psalm 1, if you have a Bible nearby. And a few verses together we're going to look at. So um, I, uh, you may be here for the first time. You might be back off holiday. But um, we have, as a, as a church this year, embarked upon looking at following Jesus. And we've been looking at Luke's gospel and living as disciples of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? But uh, over the, the holiday period, when I've been speaking, and, and this is the last time uh, on this subject today, I've changed just for the holidays. Um, I've taken a thing called Planted. And it's on that that I want to speak the theme this morning about being planted. And this morning we're going to be looking at planted by streams of life. And that's where we're going to go. And I took a theme last week uh, on this this exact subject. And uh, I'll I'll say something about that in a moment or two. So I've just sort of stepped back from looking at following Jesus. And my theme last week and today, and this is the last time today, is this idea of being planted. Okay, Psalm 1 verse 1 reads like this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step um, with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers, not so the wicked, they are like chaff. What, those that delight in the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prospers. So, planted by streams of water. So, I, I, um, I shared last week this idea of being planted. And we looked at um, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, speak about being rooted in Christ. And I was saying that as a Christian, if we're we're going to want to grow, if we're going to really thrive, and there's some great promises for being planted, there's this understanding that we will grow, we will bear fruit, we will prosper. God says that God wants us to flourish. God is a God of great favor, growth, and flourishing. He wants us to to excel in the kingdom of God as a believer. And that's the heart and plan of God. The first thing I was saying that we need to do then in Colossians chapter 2, it says that we looked last week, would be planted in Christ. Uh, And uh, that's what we're looking at as a church this year, being rooted and planted and following Christ. Then I I went on to say that when we're planted and we're believing, we want to follow Jesus and the roots go down and we're going to go for God and give our lives 
100%, 200%, we're going to give ourselves to God, then you need to find a church that's following God. And then it goes on to say uh, in Psalm uh, 90, um, the, the psalm that we were uh, uh, sharing uh, last week, uh, this idea of being planted in the house of God. And we looked at being planted in the house of God and thriving in the courts of God, like a tree planted in the house of God and God's favor coming on us. And so I was saying that we need to be planted in Christ and then plant ourselves, put roots down, and actually begin to flourish in the house of God. Well, that that was last week, and, and we looked at that and this idea of the favor and flourishing and growing in God. And so this morning, do you want to look at being planted, planted by streams of life. We said that planted means, defined, means to set, fix in place, firmly in the ground for growth. To be fixed firmly in place, in the ground, Jesus being the ground that we plant ourselves in, and then in a great church that's following Jesus, and uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it means to be fixed, to be placed firmly in the ground for growth. We're going to grow we're going to be fixed in God, placed in God, growing in God, and uh, in his church, the local church. And we were looking at that. And so um, a man called C.H. Spurgeon was asked about the Bible. Several hundred years ago, what was happening in our country was that people began to say, don't believe in the Bible. The Bible's not true. We believe in evolution. And some people came to Spurgeon, who had a church of several thousand people in London, and said, Mr. Spurgeon, Mr. Spurgeon, Pastor Spurgeon, what are we going to do to defend God's word? What are you going to do to defend God's word? And he said, I'm not going to defend anything. The word of God is like a lion. Whoever heard of defending a lion? Just turn it loose, and it will devour whatever or whatever is in its path, or whatever it wills. And Spurgeon said we need to uncage the word. In other words, the Bible. Let the word of God become living, active, believe it, go for it, live it in your life. And it will be like a lion that will devour everything in its way. The Bible, the word of God. A man called Professor John Lennox. I was at a conference recently and um, was with a whole bunch of other leaders there's probably about 400 pastors and elders. And um, in fact, I think Sally was there and Annette was there. And we were, it was at Elam um, Bible Week. And Professor uh, John Lennox, a brilliant man, theologian, teacher, philosopher, who has taken on atheists in debate in the most profound way for Christ. He's an amazing man. He was asked some questions. And one of the questions that was asked was, Professor Lewis... Um, Professor Lennox, rather, what advice would you give new young leaders today for the 21st century? What's the best piece of advice you could give them? And everybody waited in that auditorium, four or five hundred people, leaders of the church and the, today's church, the 21st century. And uh, this is what he said. He gave it some thought. because He was doing questions and answers. Really brave man. Brilliant. And then he said this. He said, saturate yourself in the word of God until you see Jesus' face and then you'll have something to say to any leader. Saturate yourself in the word of God until you see Jesus' face. And then you'll have something to say. Because the word of God it, it points to Jesus, the living word. Jesus is the living word. And the word of God points to Jesus, the living word. Amazing um, things that he said. So with this, let's just look at this text just for a moment or two. Because it says there, the psalmist says, and sets the scene for the whole book of Psalms, says this. So with those things in mind, let's look at this together. It says, those 
who delight in his law, God's law, the law of the Lord, and who meditate on the Lord day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. The word there, delight in the law of God. What does it mean, the law of God? What is the law of God there? Okay, as it's written there, it literally means the Torah, what we would understand as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. That's what they were thinking of at that moment there, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the psalmist is saying there, those that read, meditate, delight in the law will be like trees planted by living water. But it goes further than that. Today, we would understand this to mean the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. If you read something like the Amplified Version of the Bible, when it looks at that, it will say the law, the Torah, and it would mention these things, but taken broadly in the literal language there at the day, it really literally means not just those first five books, because today we've got so much more. We've got the whole Bible in the New Testament, now in the era of the New Covenant. We've got the whole of God's Word, those five books, plus all the other books of the Bible, plus all of the New Testament. And literally what the psalmist is saying is those that meditate on the precepts, the instructions, the teaching of God, as God has reveals himself through his written word, the scriptures, those that delight in the word of God, those that delight in the scriptures. For you and I today, that would be the whole canon of scripture, the whole Bible together, which is Old and New Testament. That's the era that we now live in, the whole of the new covenant. We live in the era of the new covenant today. So today in the era of the new covenant, it's all the scriptures. It's the Bible. It's the new and the Old Testament together. It's all of it. It's not just the law, because the law ultimately was the shadow that pointed to the ultimate, the light, and Jesus is the light that points to Jesus. It's all the scriptures that point to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living word. The word of God points to Jesus, the living word. And so the psalmist today could be read, and it's legitimate to read it like this, that those that meditate, those that delight in and meditate on all of God's revelation of himself, the word of God, will be like trees planted by living water. So, is reading the Bible, is reading the Word of God a duty or a delight? Do you notice it says there that those that delight, have a look at it, turn to it, if you've got it on a tablet or a smartphone, we've actually got it in the Bible in front of you right now, it says there in verse 2, but who's those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on the law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by living water. Is reading the Bible a duty for you or a delight? I know for me at times it can feel a bit of a duty. Come on, but you don't have to put your hand up. I'm not asking you to, but I'll do it for you. You know what it's like, isn't it? Come on, be honest. Don't be all, well, you are a Christian, but all Christian on me. You know what I mean? The right thing to say. There are times when it can feel like heavy work. There are times. It shouldn't be. If it's like that all the time, we're in trouble. We're doomed. Captain Mannering, as he would have said. But it's not like, it shouldn't be like that. But is it a duty or delight? It's about attitude, our attitude towards the word of God. And see, the Bible is a big, thick book. Depends which Bible, which, which version you've got in front of you. I was presented when I first got converted in the Brethren Assembly that I was first converted with a big 
black Thomas Newbury Bible. It's about that thick. It's about this big. It's a big doorstop of a thing in black bonded leather. It's an amazing Bible. It's an amazing translation. Newbury, amazing translation of the Bible. And it was a great honor for me to be presented this. And I still love that. And I've got it in my study. And I use it when I study. But sometimes the Bible can feel and look like a big, thick, big book. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I get a book, I always go to the end to find out what happens at the end. Sandra, you like that. You do that. My Helen will read and devour. On holiday, she read about four or five books where I take quite a long time to read books. It can feel a bit like that, kind of big, thick book. Uh, You might say, well, I'm not really a reader. Um, You know, um, it takes a long time. Um, Is it really all relevant? Because I've heard that there's quite a few stories in it, and some of it's really just bit fairy story-ish? Is it real true for today? It's a bit old and out of date. Isn't some of it for then and none of it for now? It can, there's all these sort of things that can go through our heads. How much time do we have? How true is it? I don't really understand it. Some of us will say, i like to watch the film version, please. Which we can. Or is it, oh, well, I better read it because it will do me some good. You know, some of us will say, I've got to read it. I have to read it. I know it's the Bible. I know it's God's word. It's got to do me good. It's a bit like eat your peas when you were younger. They do you good. Eat your veggies. They'll do you good. There's a great book out there called I Hate Peas. If anyone's got a little little one, you'll remember this book, I Hate Peas. And in it, I think the mummy has to... um, as it were, bargain with the little child and eventually it builds up and builds up at the end where they're offering everything in the whole wide world just to eat their peas. It can be a bit like that with vegetables, can't it, when you're younger? And you know that the Bible does you good and you think to yourself, well, I'm going to read this because it does do me good. I'm going to take some of it. It it can feel like that at times, can't it? Were you born in the days when you had to take cod liver oil? Frightening. Frightening. And you'd have to di- take it, cod liver oil, well, with, with um, orange juice. And all, the oil then would rise to the surface and leave globules. F- foul. <laughs> foul. Thank God for cod liver oil capsules. And we have the Bible in capsule form. A little bit, a little bit for today. One little verse. Look, look, look. But I just, Look, at, listen to this. Let me read this to you. So is it a duty or a delight? Now, the psalmist says, those that delight. Oh, how do you get there? How do you get to that place? Well, look, at, listen to this. Paul, writing to a young pastor, writing to a young man, a man in his 40s probably, considered young. And, uh, well, it is young, still quite young. From my side of the, the, the middle fence now, it, it's very young. And um, Paul, a young pastor, he put, this is what uh, Paul writing to Timothy, a young pastor, says, all scripture, it's in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is use, useful uh, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed. The Bible, the Word of God, Old and New Testament is breathed out by the heart of Father into the hearts and minds of men and women who have committed it and it's been committed to paper or parchment and given to us. But it's, it's, so what does it say about the Bible? It might be a big book, but it's a God-breathed big book. It's, it reveals, it's supernatural, it's a revelation of God pointing to Jesus. A man called A.W. Tozer, great um, man said this, 
The Bible is a supernatural book and can only be understood by supernatural aid. The Bible is a supernatural book. It's God-breathed. And it can only be understood by supernatural aid, by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our minds. The Bible isn't just any old book. It's a God-breathed book collected over thousands of years by loads of hundreds of different people and brought together to reveal God's heart for you and me and the world and the universe all through his living son, Jesus Christ. And it's understood and attained in heart by the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. It's not just a good read, it's a God revelation. The Bible, so to help us delight, it's all about attitude, it's how you look upon it, it's what's in our hearts. It's not just a good read, it's a God revelation pointing to Jesus Christ and showing us the way and the truth and the life through Jesus Christ. It's that view, it's that attitude as you come to the Bible in the power of the Holy Spirit that will help you delight rather than it be, I better eat eat a bit of this today because it's going to do me good. It will begin to change your heart and your mind when you understand it's God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, revealed the truth to set us free. It says there, he who delights And that's how we're going to delight. And it goes on to say, and meditates on this word of the law day and night. What does it mean to meditate? Isn't it interesting? In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, Joshua 1 verse 8 reads like this. Do not let this book of the law, said God, the angel to Joshua, depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I meet lots of Christians that want to prosper in God. I meet lots of Christians that want to be successful. I meet lots of Christians that want to flourish. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. God says to Joshua, be strong. But he was going to be strong as he let get hold of the book of the law, the way of God, the will of God through the scriptures for his heart and for his life. To meditate. Isn't it interesting? It says in Joshua 1 verse 8 there, it says, do not let it depart from your mouth. The word meditate in Eastern culture, so a Jewish Hebrew culture to meditate, isn't just mull over in your mind. To meditate is to mull over, think about, reflect upon, to mull. To meditate on something is think about this. Don't just read it, put it down and then walk on and then I've done it now. Think about it. What does that mean? reflect on it, to mull over. But it's not just that. You could say you chew over. Some people say it means to mull over, to think over, to chew over. It means more than that. That's true. But it also means to murmur. I discovered something really amazing. In Hebrew culture and in Jewish culture, um, to meditate, and when God was saying meditate in Psalm 1, and when the angel said to Joshua, meditate on it in Joshua 1, He was saying, mull over and murmur. In Hebrew culture, what they would do is they would get the scriptures, they read it, and then murmur it. They'd recite it to themselves before God and think about it. You'll also see um, a a Jew, and they sometimes do it to this day, they begin to sort of rock backward and forward. I'm not advocating that you all start rocking backward and forward. and uh, I'm not saying that, but... 
for a Hebrew mind, for a Jewish mind, for a person, an Israelite mind, to meditate was to really be found lost in God. And so the understanding was to mull over, reflect upon, and murmur, have on your lips, and to talk over to God and to our life and to our soul what the Word of God is saying. And to such a degree that the person would be lost in the presence of God. Because, hey, this isn't just any old book. This isn't just a load of instruction of do's and don'ts. This is a revelation of God, the heart of God, to the heart of man, so that we can live life in Jesus Christ. This is supernatural, inspired, and we'll understand by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we meditate, mull over, murmur, recite, begin to read, lay hold for our lives, begins to become part of you and becomes part of our lives. And so to meditate as this understanding of being lost, finding ourselves lost in Christ, because the Word of God, so it's not just an exercise where I read. So if you view the Bible as something I've got to do because it's going to do me some good, something I have to do because I've got to read it because there's a lot of instruction I need to know, you will get tired and burnt out very quickly. But if you understand that this is a revelation of Jesus Christ, God showing us. And if you understand that this is supernatural, powerful, spiritually inspired by God and dynamic for our heart and life, you then come to the scriptures in a different attitude and then meditate. That is mull over in the power of the Holy Spirit, asking God to reveal himself, Jesus to reveal himself, and the Holy Spirit to help me not only understand this, but have this released in my heart and my life. That's you murmuring it. And together, that's the power of meditate on the Word of God. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, there were a group of Christians from a place called Berea. And in Acts 17, 11, listen to this. It says, the people of Berea examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Acts 17, verse 11. The Bereans were a group of believers who were held up highlighted in the book of Acts because they examined, they mulled over, they murmured, they laid hold of the inspired scriptures which pointed to Jesus himself. They examined them. And so God says to Joshua, examine, lay hold of, murmur, lay hold of your life. He says in uh, Psalm 1, Delight, that's how we'll delight and meditate on the word of God. Let's move on. It says there, those that delight in and meditate on the law of the Lord. And it then goes on to say, day and night. Does that mean 24-7? It doesn't necessarily mean that. But what it means is, is this idea. It means this, this idea to be determined to live and practice this. See, in, in the culture where the Psalms were written and Jesus, the culture that Jesus came from, um, if you read the book of Proverbs, which is wisdom, you read the Psalms, which is a wisdom songs and wisdom poems, Proverbs, which is wisdom literature, the Hebrew mind understood this as practical and ethical. In other words, it could be lived out and it did good because it was God. Practical and ethical. It wasn't just theological and theoretical. In other words, we'd get some knowledge. We know a lot of things about God. That wasn't on their mind at all. In actual fact, it would be life-changing, transforming, geared up with the heart, mind, and will of God. 
So there's a difference between building life on God's word and having it on a bookshelf and taking it to church every day. There is a huge difference to building my life on the word of God. I know this is a, an iPad, but you know, I've got, I'm reading the Bible out of it. But there's a huge difference between building my life on the word of God, living it, practicing it, being it, being lost in it, being lost in Christ, because the word of God points to Christ and having it on my shelf and in front of me now and again when I read it from time to time. That's what it means to have this upon your mind day and night, is to say, I'm going to live my life on the word of God. I'm going to mull it over. I'm going to live it. I'm going to be it because it's practical. It's ethical. It's for me. It makes a difference um, in me, for me, and uh, through me. So, there's this understanding then of those that delight, and we've looked at what that means, in the word of the law, we've looked at what that means, the whole scriptures, that meditate on it day and night, living our lives upon it. It then goes on to say, this is the promise. This is the benefit as we are planted. It says, they will be like a person. The person that does this, this is the power of the word of God. This is the power of the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together. It's like a person planted by streams of water, goes on to say in the psalm. Verse 3, that person that does this, will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Be like a tree planted by streams of water. A tree here, the the understanding is planted in the garden. It's the garden of Eden all over again. The garden that was tended initially before the fall by the heart of God, the hand of God himself. And so the idea here is of a tree that's tended, planted, cultivated. So you as a Christian, as we delight in the law of the Lord, as we delight in the word of God, as we live our lives and say, I'm going to live my life upon your revealed word, Jesus Christ. We let the word of God be planted in our hearts. It says we'll be like a tree that's planted, will be cultivated. You'll be looked after. You'll be tended by God the Father himself, the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ. The tree is looked after, tended, planted, cultivated by streams of water. So there's this understanding of being planted in a great garden. Our life will be flourish, will grow, will be great. I meet so many Christians that are disillusioned, waiting for this and doing that. You will be planted, cultivated, tended, looked after by God himself, the hand of the Father, his very self, the power of the person of the Holy Spirit, his very self, by Lord Jesus Christ being in us, him very self. Goes on to say there finally, and you will be like by streams of water. The picture here is, do you notice it says there, the person will be like a tree planted by streams of water. The picture there is in the east, water is so important. Anyone that's been to Israel to this day, you can find parts of Israel very fertile because they've been irrigated really well. And um, in ancient culture, and this, the time the Psalms being written was, uh, you know, a thousand years ago. So in ancient culture, didn't have the irrigation that we have now, but the streams, this is the picture here. The picture is of a river, but from the river comes many channels. And the channels would be made by a farmer, basically with a, a hoe, a ho, 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 a hoe, and then with their foot, they would move the soil, and then the water would come from the, the river down that channel, and then they would dam up that bit and move it again. And so they'd make 
lots of, and if you look at, uh, you Google things about the ancient Egyptians and how they irrigated the Nile and how the Nile was a fertile place, this is the picture. And this is what the Israelites did. It's the same sort of Eastern picture. And so the streams of water, there's many streams. There's many channels. There's loads of refreshing sense of the presence of the Spirit of God. And Father God comes and he will lead us by many streams of water because he irrigates our lives really well. That's the picture, the Holy Spirit irrigating our lives, fresh hope, sense of life. You can be in revival every day. We can live in revival. Don't wait for the revival. Live in it now. Live in it now as the Father comes and cultivates your life, my life, every second of the day by fresh water, many channels, many rivers, many streams. Not only on our lives, but Jesus then said that this living water would be released from within your life as Jesus comes to live within. That's the full and final picture that we have today. So he says, you will be like just tree cultivated your life will be cultivated tended looked after by god irrigated by many streams the holy spirit will lead us in many great ways in many great places and in great areas for every single life goes on to say there no wonder it then says uh, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water many streams irrigated by the father himself which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers Whatever we do then will prosper. You know, if you're planted, you'll prosper. That's not a little gimmick. I know you can roll off that very quickly, but if you're planted, planted in Christ, planted in the house of God, planted in the word of God by streams of life, which leads us to streams of life, you will prosper. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Jesus in John 15 said, you'll be fruitful. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Biblical, you'll bear much fruit. We can have a personal revival right now, right here, right this very moment. Uh, the idea of prosper is this idea of success. And um, really, it's speaking of the position and place of our heart and where that leads us. And uh, we can be spirit-led or self-led. And that will determine if you'll prosper or not or whether you'll be successful in God. If you're spirit-led... Or self-led? Are, you, are we spirit? Are you spirit-led or self-led? So he says there, if you're planted, see the onus is if you're planted, you'll be spirit-led. Because he said there'd be many streams. And this idea of, because there's a, a doctrine that will say, you can have a Rolls Royce. That's the prosperity that sometimes people think. It doesn't necessarily mean that, right? The idea is that success of heart, which will lead to success in body, because if my heart's in the right place with God, then my body will be in the right place and I'll follow God's principles for life and I'll do the things that God wants and I'll be in the place that God wants me to be. And if I'm doing the things that God wants and I'm in the place that God wants me to be, then externally the things around me will ultimately be right in God. Even if I get through challenging times, I will ultimately prosper in the heart of God. And so there's this idea of success being a position of the heart and a place that leads us to in life from our hearts, because Jesus and the Spirit and the Word of God now lives and is planted within us. I would ask you, if you're spirit-led, then we go to, we're planted, we'll prosper. But if we're self-led, that's dangerous. Because that can be like chaff. It says, not so they are those that, that, that don't follow me. They will be like chaff. You know, today, um, with the Bible, uh, the Word of God, we have so many things that can now help us. 
There is, um, on your tablet, your phone, your iPad, your computer, there are now a number of apps. The U version of the Bible um, will actually give you a free version of the Bible in, in about, I don't know, 20 um, translations of the Bible today. It's incredible. You can even access a reading plan. You can have a month's reading plan. You can do a week's reading plan. You can do a year's reading plan. You can do a reading plan of the New Testament, the Gospels, a reading plan of love, a reading plan on life, a reading plan on success in God. You can, anything. It's an amazing app today. There is access. Uh, and I would say to people, get yourself a living, delightful reading plan. Uh, well, I've been talking a lot about being intentional with my attention. And uh, so what I'm saying is plugged into a lot of other things I'm talking about. And, um, and uh, you know, that's one. There's another app. It's called Bible Is. I recommended this to someone in our church. Uh, it's called Bible Is. And you can listen to the Bible completely free. And you can see the scriptures come up on the screen. And you can listen to it dramatized. So there's music. There's people talking. And uh, someone that was struggling with certain aspects said that they listened to it and it revolutionized their Christian life. I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a number of things now. Um, we have got so many things whereby we can delight ourselves. We can delight ourselves. Now, so I want to be, don't know about you, but I want to be in that place where I am planted. Planted in Christ, first of all. Planted in the house of God. So find yourself a church. Whatever church you go to, come from, and you're involved in, get yourself into a place that's following God and plant yourself, first of all, in Jesus Christ. Plant yourself in the local church. Local church is the hope of the world. And, uh, and then plant yourself. Delight in the word of God. It revive your heart right here, right now. Streams. Streams of living water. Prosper and success. Be strong and courageous, God said to Joshua. Meditate on the law both day and night. Be careful to keep it upon your mouth. Murmur and mull over it, and you will be fruitful, and you will be prosperous, and you will be successful. God wants us to grow. God wants us to grow. He wants the church to grow. He wants you to grow. He wants me to grow. He wants the kingdom of God to grow and spread around the world, spread around in our community, in, in and through our lives. And it starts in me. And Jesus said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. You'll bear so much fruit in the vine. Let's pray. So do you notice I'm not saying to people, you've got to read this, you've got to do that. I just pray you be inspired. I pray that you be inspired to delight and look upon God's word as living. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts to you. And uh, we just say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the bread of heaven, the bread of life. You are the living word. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Father God, that you have, um, all scripture is God-breathed. The word of God, the Bible, it's breathed, it's inspired, it's supernatural. It's a revelation. And it comes to us through the power of the Spirit. And it points to the living word, Jesus. And uh, we just pray that together, they go hand in hand, the Word and the Spirit go together. We can't do without each or the other. Both go hand in hand. And so we open our hearts to you right now. And I pray all around this auditorium that there will come a fire and a hunger. We uncage the lion. This morning, Lord, we uncage the lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
The word of God is like a lion and we uncage it. May it devour my inner heart and flesh nature. Habits that die hard. Attitudes that are not good. A life that is struggling. We pray, Lord, we give you our lives. And we say, let your word, let your living word, Jesus, its truth and grace and forgiveness and mercy and life accomplish much and bear fruit within us. Let your word devour those areas of my life that are not good right now, Father, we pray. We open our hearts to you and pray, Holy Spirit, that you will inspire. Let a fire, the prophet said, your word is like fire in my bones. We pray for a fire to come within our bones that inspires and releases us. In Jesus' name we pray. Do that, Father, by the power of your spirit in us, through us, and amongst us. In Jesus' name. Amen.